Well, I have, I taught about three weeks ago on a, a, a soul man, part one. And I really got sidetracked with, with all that was happening over in the Middle East. And I've taught on it and I've talked to you about it Wednesday nights. We discussed it some about, you know, what the Bible says. I always warned you. I said, keep your eye on Turkey, 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 you know. And, uh, uh, of course, for the first time I thought Turkey, since they had such an alliance with America, that Turkey was, that this wasn't going to happen. But then now they've thrown their hat into the race and all that. But uh, what you don't want to do is just listen to any kind of news broadcast and things that people just make up stuff and don't know what they're talking about. But I will tell you this, I do not know if this is the time for Yahshua to come or not. I do not know that. The fact, and I don't feel bad about that because he don't even know the Bible says. So, uh, you know, I can't, I can't boast. On, I know something that Yahshua don't even know. But I will tell you this. In my history and the history of what I know about America and the wars. And I mean, I've studied Babylonian empires. I've studied all those things. I've never seen it ripe enough in an opportunity for Yeshua to come back. Russia still could march down into Israel along with Turkey. And the Bible says they're going to come down, come through Egypt, come back up through this way. And, uh, I, and I don't want to talk about that today. I'm, I'm kind of getting over it a little bit. But because I'll tell you why. Because I haven't seen that news affect anybody's way of living. It just kept going. Everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. I've, I've got the internet. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, we're so inundated with wars and rumors of wars because we have the internet that this don't even move people. I said, well, don't you think it'd be a good opportunity? Maybe, maybe Yahweh's giving us a practice run to check our lives to make sure we're getting in order. I ain't seen nobody change nothing. I mean, we used to do this, you know, when there was something serious happened, you know, you can always find that the, on Sundays, the church would be full that next Sunday. People running to get right with God. People, people make it, it just makes it, I just, I can't believe it. And it's because we haven't had adversity. I want to tell you, I've watched, you know, I like to see what happens to these people's lives that get very, very rich and very, very famous and all that. And I, it's interesting to me that they all crash and burn. At some way or another, I asked my wife this. I said, do you think that it's a sin to be rich? And I said, I don't want you to answer it. It's something that I'm, I'm saying in my mind because I, I tell you what, it's hard to be a failure, but I think it's much harder for, to be successful and serve God. Yeah. Mama says it's easier for a, a camel to go into the eye of the needle. Somebody said, well, what that really means is that. No, it, what he's saying is it's real hard. Okay, but yet what we do? Come on, mo, mo. Let's do it. We got to do this. Got this. Busy, busy, busy. Let's work, work, work. Get it. We got to have more money. We got to do all this kind of stuff. Now, and, and so I, I heard Robin Williams. I, you know, Sam Kennison was a, a Pentecostal preacher. His whole life is interesting to me because I was raised the way he was raised, kinda. Then I see Robin Williams, and this is what Robin Williams said. It was, it was, it just interests me. He said, cocaine is God's way of telling you you're making too much money. You know what that means? What he's saying is it's a thorn in the flesh. And so these people get that cocaine, excess cocaine, and their whole lives fall and go apart and go down 
the tube. So I'm interested, I'm interested in that, you know, the love of money and all that. I'm interested in all that. It interested me. And I think that people are so hypnotized. There was a man named Mesmer. Y'all know him? He was into hypnotism, all that. That's where we get the word mesmerized from. And, they, and what happens is we now have a people who are in prison and in bondage and in slavery to something that other people have set up for us to, to chase the carrot or get in the hamster wheel, and we're just going as hard as we can. And what we don't realize is that we are working for people that we are the consumer so they can make more money on us. When I look at war, what war is about, I want to tell you what it's about. It ain't really on, on the gut level, on the street level, you got people who are our enemies, and there's ethnic cleansing, and you know, it's the North versus the South, or it's the Sunnis against the whatever they were, and it's always, you know, like uh, in these East, uh, European, Eastern European bloc countries, it's ethnicities fighting against each other. That's all it is, and they've been doing it for thousands of years. So we're going to fly into Iraq, you know, we're going to blow stuff up, and we're going to do that, so, and think we're going to solve that, that uh, family issue. And we see it doesn't happen. What happens is people are setting up and it's all about money. It's about uh, our national product, gross national product. What do you call it? Yeah. And it's about control so we can get our economy. So these people who have the money get the money. I, you know, there, there's, a, there's a company. I'm not going to say the name because they might be listening to me. They might be one of the millions that do. And what they do, they go in war time and they build back. I'll give you a hint. First part of their name is black. Okay. And they rebuild countries and all that kind of stuff. Do you know they're, they're, they are worth more than China and Russia's national gross product? What's the word I'm looking for? GG. That one. And Russia and China put together this one company. So what happens? We, we, don't, we don't know. Yahweh, I want to tell you this. It's always going to be about control and money and manipulating and controlling people. And I want to tell you, I don't want the people to control me. I want to be controlled by one thing, and that's Yeshua. So how do we get there? Now, I tell you that because I believe that the whole world's built on that. Some of us have the kind of car we have because somebody got into our psychic, psyche and made us like a car for a certain, certain reason. The Bible calls it a proud look, you know. Yo, I'm looking good in my car or whatever it may be, the way we dress. I'm not saying we shouldn't dress nice. I'm not saying we shouldn't have nice homes. I'm not saying that. God wants to bless us. But there is an issue, and I want to say, first of all, that we've got to listen to part one of this message. You've got to get part one. Or you're not going to do good on the test. And I told about the temple and how God's saying there's an outer temple, there's an inner temple, and there's a holy of holies. And that is a lesson for us, a metaphoric lesson to teach who we are and who man is. We have an outer, outer, we have an inner, and we have a holy of holies. We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. Spirit. So 
I talked to you a lot about that in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I said, it's got to be said like that. It can't be soul, body, and spirit. It can't be you know, body, soul, and spirit. It has to be spirit, soul, and body. And I talked about how that has to be in order. And if it's not in order, then we're out of order. And how the spirit is most exalted. And the soul is what lies in between the spirit of a man and the body of a man. And he determines, that soul determines What's going, which one of those are going to rule and reign? It lies between. It's placed. So the spirit, that when we supposedly are born with a dead spirit, and when we get born begotten of God he, at, at water baptism, if you haven't been baptized in water correctly, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That's where your sins are forgiven, and that's where you receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit... spirit is given and it brings life and joins up with your spirit man, if you want to call it that, the human spirit. So now the war begins. What's the war? Now my flesh that's been ruling and my soul has been empowering it to do that. Now we have an intruder come in who's wanting to take precedence and take over your life. And it's called the spirit word of God. So it has a God consciousness. That's how you know God's voice. That's how you fellowship with Yahweh. It has a very, very keen understanding about God, and it helps you understand the Bible. I believe that most people, I always say, why didn't I know the Bible? Because I don't believe I had the Spirit of God ruling in my life. If I did, it was a very immature thing. So what happened when Adam fell? What happened? He died, right? Yahweh said, the day you eat, you're going to die. Well, we know he didn't die, but he did die. What happened? His human spirit died. And he cannot have fellowship with God because you don't contact God by your soulish man, and you don't contact God through your flesh. So I said, the body is world conscious, the soul is self-conscious, and the spirit is God-conscious. The soul is where the personality, the man's will, intellect, emotion, all that is in the soulish man. And it's the spirit is the part which man communicates with the spiritual realm. Soul is all about me. Me. You know the song? Oh, I know you do. And, and it's in the middle of the body. And, it's in, and, the, and the spirit that is now alive in Christ, once dead in his sins and trespasses, now we receive life. <clears throat> and, the, and your emotions, will, intellect, and all that, your soulless man, is what exercises the judgment to determine if the spirit's going to rule or the body, the flesh, the physical is going to rule. Sometimes the soul takes over and it rules by its intellect and its senses. And when that happens, the psychological world takes over. All right. After Adam and Eve was in the garden, they ate the fruit. Y'all shall surely die, but they continued to live a few hundred years after that. So we know that when he said, thou shalt surely die and shall go back to dust, we, we know that he was talking about wasn't just a physical death. What happened to Adam and Eve, and I want you to listen close, his spirit died when he sinned. 
And what that began, it began a process of his, the rest of him dying. When the body dies, the spirit cuts off fellowship with the body. So the spirit to be dead does not mean that the spirit is gone. You still have a human spirit. It merely means that now it is lost and without God. It is godless. Spiritual death means that you and I, or Adam and Eve in this case, has no more ability to know God, see God, hear God, and our fellowship with God. Now, part of my motivation in all this is it's interesting to me why people who should be more spiritual, closer to God, stronger in the thing, they're going backwards and doing things now that they would have never done when they first came to Christ. And it's a, it is a mystery to me why people, well, you're going to call it backslide, and they go back to their vomit. It just baffles me. So I'm like trying to figure this out, not from my soulish realm, because I can come up with a lot of stuff, and not out of my body desires, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life, but out of that realm where I talk to God from. My spirit man, which is now alive, Adam disobeyed God, his spirit died. Now listen, so what does that mean when you disobey God? If Adam's spirit died, Joey, by committing one sin, where are you today when you commit sin? When you lie, when you steal? What, what happened when you... Get high or drunk. When you do, where, where does that leave you spiritually? Where does that leave me spiritually? My spirit is still there. My spirit. But it was dead to God, Adams. And it lost its capacity to have intercourse and relationships and know God and hear God. Listen to this. And receive spiritual blessings. We're not receiving spiritual blessings, maybe. Maybe we're just blessing ourselves that you can do in the natural realm. But there are things that you receive that way. The Bible says if you're carnal, you're dead. So there's no, you can't really enjoy them. You can have religion. You can be moral. You can have a, a high education. You can have brain power, you can have physical power, but yet go to church, do the thing, but still be dead to God. How do you know that? Well, number one, because I've seen it a million times. We can talk about God. We can prophesy for a little while after that, but pretty soon we would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. We can have positive faith. I'm not talking about positive thinking or positive words. I'm talking about, I'm positive that what God said is true. That's positive thinking right there. We can speak about God and we can preach and yet still be dead to God. So I'm like, how in the world are these people that don't even know his name? They don't, have, they don't know his name. I mean, I was one of them. They don't know anything really what the Bible teaches, a few things. They made up this stuff out of their soul, which is being 
influenced by their flesh. That's why the devil says, I mean the devil. That's why the Bible says in the New Testament, Yahweh refers to those people in their flesh. Listen, dead people. You know what I think about Halloween? I tell these Christians, I said, own it. Own it. It's Halloween. Trunk or treat. Harvest hullabaloo. Own it. They said, yeah, but what? I said, you got your kids dressing up like dead people. Who? The apostles. Aren't they dead? They got them zombies. Why? Because they don't believe they're dead. They don't believe that apostles are dead. They believe that they're alive and float around in spirit form. That's all Halloween is saying. And that's where it came from. I said, I'll tell y'all something. Y'all the one that started this. It's called All Hallows' Eve. You can study it. Have this big party, man. Look, the bottom line is this. Somebody said, should I let my kids have a Halloween? I said, look, those kids want the candy. And I want their candy. I tell you what, man, I, we used to use brown paper sacks, didn't we, Charlotte? Grocery bag. We go, we had a big neighborhood. Back, back then, you could, mark, you could walk all over town, everybody knew you. I'd be two miles from my house. Miss Jones say, you better get home, you'll hear your daddy whistling for you. <laughs> and so I'd get my, take the, bed, the, the bag of Halloween trick-or-treat candy into the bed with me. <laughs> then I'd stick it under the bed. To hide it from my mama. And I'd wake up the next morning and all the baby roofs were gone. Am I telling the truth, Charlotte? Testify right now. The baby roofs were gone and all the Reese buttercups. Gone. All I had was that hard candy. All right, now I'm going to get mean to you again. The death in the spirit of Adam... When you're dead in your spirit, then you become dead in your soul, and eventually you become dead in your body. That's the process of death. I am a dead spirit now. I'm disobeying God. I can't fellowship with God. I can't tap into the spirit. So guess what happens now? I begin to die in my soul, this man, my intellect, my emotions, my will. People say, I just don't feel like living. Life is horrible. Why is it so bad? Blah, blah, blah. And then pretty soon, guess what? Then your body dies, and then it's over. After his spirit died, Adam, he still lived for hundreds of years. But death was operating through him. He had death on him. So I'm like, we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord. We're supposed to be, you know, it's our strength. We're supposed to rejoice and be glad. And again, I say rejoice. There's a disconnect somewhere. And instead of death that's working in us, we are going to, who have a, a spirit that is alive, our body is going back to dust. We got death on us, but we're going to be glorified. We're going to be changed in the moment of the twinkling of an eye. And this corruption is going to take on incorruption, but not them. They're going to stay in corruption. They're going to stay dead. This mortal is going to take on immortality. That's the difference from a person who has the Spirit of God in them, and their human spirit is ruling, reigning in their body, and somebody who's just carnal Christian. When that inner man became disorganized, 
when that inner man fell, when that inner man got it out of order, they looked and they saw that that fruit was pleasant to lust of the eyes look upon. So now the soul is bowing down in the garden, bowed down to the flesh and the body. And guess what happened? Boom, separation from God. The outer body was destined to death and destruction. Not only that, what we inherited as humans in Adam's descendants, we inherited a spirit that was suppressed by the soul. Emotions, intellect, will. And so ultimately and eventually that spirit and that soul became like one. They were, became so knitly, knit together that the soul man thought he was God. Haven't we been talking about that for how long? What's sin? It's thinking that you're God. I'm going to make my own decisions. So now we got people who I know are having a spirit problem. Either it's dead again or it's in critical condition because they think they can decide how much money they give to God, how much times they go to church, and what they do as far as lying and living properly or sinning or, or trying to get their life right. They think they can just do their life as theirs and they can do what they want to anytime they want to because they want to. Dead spirit are one in critical condition. So it's almost like the two became one. Remember the scripture in Hebrews 4.12? What does it say? For the word of God is quick and powerful and stronger than any two-edged sword. And what does it do? Divides asunder what? The soul and the spirit, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Why? Because you don't know the difference between the spirit of God, your human spirit, and your soul. That word of God will come. He'll use somebody like me to speak to us. And I say us because don't ever think that I don't know when I'm preaching. I'm preaching to me. And he has to divide it, okay? Oh, I see there's the difference. Oh, I see where I am now. I've been, my spirit's been in a coma. And since the spirit became so closely knit to the soul, we begin to live in this idealistic world. It is so funny to me. So people think that you're, when you're in the world, you're not supposed to have any problems. Dude, you're dying. The world's dying. Have you noticed, thanks again, world leaders, how inept they are, they can't even govern, govern the world? Man. Y'all, she was going to fix that. What does it do? Now we begin to act out of the soul. The suke. Y'all remember that word? Sukikos soul, Sarkikos body, pneumaticos spirit. Those are the Greek words for it. So now we begin to act out of our intellect and our feelings. And I ask myself this question, and I ask Yahweh, hey, is that what's happening, has happened in our church? People haven't really, by the spirit, understood these things because some of them don't refuse to do it no matter what. It, is it they, that I, this gospel that I was so proud of by this saying that everybody said, now I'm not proud of it anymore, of saying this. It just makes sense. I said, everybody who hears this, I tell people, man, I'll tell you, this, what everybody says, it just makes sense. And now I'm saying, I don't know if that's good or not. 
Because if it makes sense to their soul who is lost and without God and no understanding of spiritual discerning at all and understanding, that makes sense. Have we gathered together just because the gospel makes sense? Is that what we have in common? We don't believe in hell. Yes, we do believe in hell. Quit telling people that. We just believe in what the Bible says hell is. We don't believe in heaven. Yes, we do. <laughs> what do we believe? Ask Johnny. Johnny, tell him what we believe. Oh, you'll hear me. I think some people are like me. They're just so controversial that they get off on it sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm, you know we just want to, well, you're going to say black? Well, guess what? I'm going to take white. You're going to pick them? Well, I'm going to pick them. Listen, I am so controversial that I still get on the bicycle on the wrong side. Because I said, I want to get in on this side. But I forgot that the kickstand was on the other side. So I'd get off the bicycle when I was a kid, walk around, put the kickstand down. Okay, that ain't always true. I usually just get off the bicycle when it's still rolling, get off and let it just... Y'all know what I'm saying. With my baseball cards and clothespins. Spirit has lost all its power and senses... And had be, it become, I don't want to say dead, I think coma, dormant are good words. Originally, when the spirit became alive, spirit man became alive at that day, when we were given the gift of repentance, and we obeyed his way to repent, to believe the right gospel, and to be baptized. Those are the first three foundational principles. At that place, when our sins were forgiven, that we received the Holy Spirit and our, our human spirit was made alive. Now we have the ability back from God to know Him and to fellowship with Him and listen to this, and not only serve Him, but want to serve Him. Want to serve Him. Hate sin. Love God. Now it's now it like an unconscious we lost all the ability to function. We don't do anything in the spirit anymore. We can't do nothing in the spirit. We, it's like, and all I know is that our human spirit's still there, but it's, it's almost like it's not there anymore. This is the meaning of what the Bible says in verse 19 of Jude. He said, soulish. You're soulish. Watch this, what he, how he qualifies it. Having not the spirit. Soulish. These are church folks. Not very long after the Lord was even there and walking. They had to contend for the faith. Every person in the world still has their human spirit. But this spirit can get covered up by their sins and they can't fellowship with God. And God won't fellowship with them. Although this spirit is dead to God, it can still work actively joined together with the mind and the body. I don't know how much I want to get into that right now. Dead to God, but still active in other areas. See, there's things that we just never tapped into because we're so busy spending all our faith on perishable things, temporal things. We got all of our faith into this. Our trusting in this and trusting in that and doing that. But I believe that that our soulish man 
when they, it gets connected like one with the Spirit, I still think that there's a potential for, for knowledge to come forth that is a God-revelatory type of knowledge. Like what, Johnny? I, I think hypnosis is one of those things. They found about hypnosis, how to, how to tap into something. There's other things that people do. One, one of them is the ability to convince people. I call them soul merchants. These soul merchants, man, what they do, they buy your soul from you. And what they preach to you about something that makes you want to buy. Makes you want to buy. Man, I, I remember, oh, what's his name, you know? I never met him, but I knew people that knew him. And he's a guy, and, you know, now, now everybody says he's the biggest crook and he's a liar and he did this and blah, blah. You didn't know that back then? But I got to tell you, he'd get on TV telethon and he'd make me want to write a $1,000 check. <laughs> I was sitting watching a telethon one night, Joel, and, and had this big beanbag chair. Wasn't in our family room, it was down in our bedroom. And, a smaller TV down there. It was only half the size of the wall. And I was eating Cheetos and drinking a Diet Right because I was on a diet. <laughs> and this dude came on there. He started talking about giving money, how he did this, and he gave his last time he had to this guy. He didn't have no more. Now he's got six jets and all this kind of stuff. And man, I said, man. And he all of a sudden looked in that television screen. He said, there's a man sitting right now in a beanbag chair in his underwear eating Cheetos. I said, oh my God. There's a man in his underwear in a beanbag chair eating Cheetos. That's going to write me a check for $1,000. I said, not me. Close. He was close. That was a parable. So now the spirit's dead to God. It still works as the mind of the body. It's, it's dead to God, but it still is active, active in some ways. You know, It becomes subject, though. The soul becomes subject to the demand of the senses, our flesh, and it becomes the slave of our lust and flesh and desires. So much that when the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the Spirit of God that formed the worlds. And I mean, we're talking about the most powerful force in the world would fight for a place for God in your temple. It was futile. Okay. I can't give you, so I can't preach a, a message when your body and your lust and desires and your deception about just temporal stuff, I'm not going to convince you by telling you gospel truth when, when you are wanting to have temporal things. Spirit of God don't even have a chance. So what does he say? Genesis 6, 3. Watch this. My spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh. You can't, you can't crack that nut. A carnal guy, especially a Christian, man, they, you can't. The, the Bible, the flesh refers to the life and the nature of the soul and the body when they come together in a man that is not gen regenerated. More often, it also refers to that flesh and that sinful nature 
that we inherited. It's the same components that we share with animals. So here man was, in Adam's time, completely under the control of his flesh now, and there was no possibility for him to escape it. It's a powerful, powerful thing. How many of you know that sin that has so easily beset you? If I were to ask for you today, what's the sin that so easily besets you? You wouldn't have to think about it. You know the one. You know the one. Maybe you don't know what it is, but you could give me an example of the fruit of it, and I could probably chase it back to unbelief, fear, pride, something like that, which is more of a root sin, but still. So now, here I am, and I'm being ruled by that sin that so easily besets me. And I can't escape from it because every time it seems like, I mean, that thing comes around seasonally. And when you think you got the victory, guess what? Uh-oh. It's right there in your face, and you're having to deal with it again. I'm probably just talking about me and Joel this morning. But uh, probably more him than me. But the fact is, I know what I'm talking about. Man today is born and walks according to the desires of the heart, which the Bible says is wicked. Brother, I just believe it in my heart. I know your, your heart's wicked, dude. And I'm, just, I'm just in my heart. It's deceptive, the Bible says. Even in church and in the most zealous pursuit of God, we exercise our soul and decides on our own to seek after God and to please God apart from the revelation of the Spirit Word. What are you saying? Well, I'm zealous about God, but I ain't going to do that. We got a bunch of meatloafs in here. I'll do anything for love. I ain't doing that. I ain't going to do that. What? And most of this is what most men, men have this problem. Women don't as much. Men, when he talk about getting that money, oh my God, that money. Oh, what? What? I'll tell you what. I'll get that money. Tithe, don't tithe. Well, don't, if you don't tithe and honest with God about it, then don't say you believe there's a God. Because if you're God, the God that you say you believe in can't help you when you only give him 10%, then you don't believe nothing. You're kidding yourself. Do you hear me? I said, do you hear me? Don't kid yourself anymore. I'm trying to wake you up out of the stupor. And I, listen, I'm talking to all of us, okay? I want you, don't get your feelings hurt. But if, it, if it'll help you, do. And I'm talking to those people out there. I'm declaring a word into the heavenlies that has to go forth. Somebody got to herald something. They want to please God according to what their soul man now determines. Okay, well, I don't feel like that. That may cost me too much. I'm afraid to do that. I'm, I can't afford that. No, I'm hurt too bad for that. That's all soulish realm. Y'all hear me? That's all soulish realm. The lust of the body, its feelings and demands are all summoning our soul to do what? Obey me. Carry out what I'm commanding. Gratify me. That's what our flesh is doing. Feel sorry for me. Pity me. I need me, 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 me. Me, myself, and I, the great trinity of a man with a dead spirit. 
Not only are all the descendants of Adam dead in their inner spirits. 1 Corinthians 15 said, guess what? They're earthy. They're out of the earth. What does that mean? Well, they're going right back to where, the, where they are. He just goes, you're dust already. Fully under the control of the flesh. And walk according to the soulish life and the carnal nature. Listen, you cannot have fellowship with God. It ain't happening. You're having fellowship with yourself. If you don't do it God's way. Some people express their intellectual power. Sometimes they express their lust. But this is what I has been my experience. And for me personally, I had to deal with this. And I probably will deal with it till it's all done. It's usually my intellectual power and my lust. The flesh controls our whole being. And there's nothing there to interfere or to hinder this control that our flesh is having unless you come here and, you, and I mess with it. You're not going to hear, I'm not boasting in this. I, I told somebody this morning, I wish to God, there's a, there's a part of me that wished to God that what I preached today was not true. I don't really mean that because I don't feel pressured about anything. But I'm, my point is, why would I do it if I really didn't believe it but it would be easier to just say, everybody's going to heaven. You know, your God's going to do. I could say all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you why you have to do that. Because you're talking to people who are, have a dead spirit. So I guess this is my Halloween message. <laughs> Boo. There is no interference. I mean, your soul is already, yep, I like that, yeah, I agree with that, everybody do that, right, it's okay, do it, yeah, it's okay, fine, yeah, do it, you can do it, do it, Charlie, oh, yeah. I mean, we don't have anything like a conviction of the Spirit of God that will make you sick to your stomach if you sin. You know why? Because there ain't no spirit there. Well, I wonder why I ain't walking in the blessing of God. Because you can't. Because you have let your spirit man expire, be dormant, coma, however you want to say it. Jude 18 and 19, I had 17 a while ago. Listen to this. Mockers go on according to their own lust for ungodliness. Those that who make, these are those who make divisions, soulish, and they have no spirit. There it is again. If you're soulish, you have no spirit. That don't mean you don't have a human spirit. It means you don't have a human spirit that is alive and communicating with God. So to be soulish is the opposite of having a spirit. So now the spirit that was supposed to be the highest order and the first priority and have preeminence part of your body that ought to be joined to God, that ought to rule over the soul and the body, has become now surrounded by the soul whose motive and purpose are to be totally earthy or selfish. And it means earthy because it's going to take you, it, it's dead. You're dying. Everything you do, it's got death on it. Put something the other day, I'm not going to look for it today. But I wrote it down. I don't usually copy a lot of stuff off Facebook or anything. But, man, this one thing on Facebook. I asked God to heal me. But he said, no, your body's just temporary. We need to work on what's eternal or something like that. I asked God to do this. I, I said, man, what a perspective. 
That don't mean we don't want God to heal us. That ain't what I'm saying. The Spirit has got, got voted out or something. It lost its original position. It's, we're, we have an abnormal, abnormality in us. That's why the Bible says they have no spirit. And when we have a, a foolish, soulish condition like that, the Bible says that's called mocking. To go according to one's lust and to make divisions. 1 Corinthians 2.14 also speaks of this kind of person. It says this, but a soulish man, listen, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Will y'all agree with that? Do y'all believe the Bible? A soulish man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. That's when I speak to people and tell them the demands of Christ in order to know how to have immortality. Guess what? They, it's foolishness. What are you talking about? And he is not able to know them. Why? Because they are discerned spiritually. If, if I can tell you something that the Word of God says, and you can... It, and it comes off of you like water off a duck's back, and you can walk out there after hearing the Word of God and the truth of God and the Spirit of God speaking from the, and the man of God, and you can walk out there and ignore that, you're in trouble. So God, why don't this convict people? Why don't people change their lifestyle? Why don't they make adjustment? And I'm not saying nobody don't. Because it's foolishness to them. They don't believe it. He's not, they're not able to know it because it, these things have to be spiritually discerned. Now, if I tell people, now, if I, you, you give $10, you're going to get $100 back from God, then guess what? Your soulish man will understand that. Even though it's not true. I don't want that kind of deal. I, let me, can I tell you what happened to me this week? I had a horrible situation happen to me. I went to a store, bought something, paid cash for it, gave me the receipt. I took it home. It didn't work. So... I waited the next day, 20, less than 24 hours, to go back to the store. I told the lady, I said, here, I want to return this. She said, no. I said, well, I have the receipt. She said, I, I said, I paid cash for it. I have the receipt. She said, no, I'm not going to do it. So I said, uh, it doesn't, it, it didn't work. She said, I'm, I'm not giving you your money back for that. I said, well, is there a manager here or something? So the manager walks up there, and the lady tells the manager the story. And before I could say that anything to her, she said, uh, we're not giving you your money back. And I said, whoa. I said, why not? She said, look, just look at it this way. It's just not your lucky day. You know what I said? Well, this is the last time I'm buying a lottery ticket from this place. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> you know you want to laugh at that. You know how you want to laugh at that. All right, now I can tear your butt up a little bit more after that. Look, soulish people, mockers, they can be very intelligent. They can come up with some wonderful ideas <laughs> and wonderful theories. They cannot say anything about the things of the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God. They can't receive revelation from the Holy Spirit. Their worldview is totally different than somebody's who knows God and wants God and believes the things of God. 
The world, the world thinks that this intellectual power and his reason, the way he reasons, is almighty, that he can find out all the truths of the world by his mind. But God's word considers these as very vain. Every, even when a man is soulish, it's amazing to me how he still realizes that life is so uncertain and he's always looking for eternal life somewhere, somehow. Can't find it. Now I know why I couldn't find the truth. Because evidently, if I ever received, if I ever received the Spirit of God that made my human spirit alive, then I must have let it, starved it to death or something happened. We can never find the truth out. It's unreliable. That's why there's so many people. That's why there's 33,000 different Christian denominations. Unless intellectual power comes up, up under the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's unreliable and it's very dangerous. You, you, can't, you can't rely on it. It could be a good idea, but guess what? It ain't a God idea. Got too many O's in it. It will take right as wrong and wrong as right. Just confused. No, I think I'm going to do this. I think, well, no. I think I'm going to do this. No, I think, well, I did this. That didn't work. Oh, I know what I can do. It's like the way I golf. I'm a, I'm a schizophrenic golfer. Y'all have about eight different, I mean, seven or eight different golf swings. Seriously. I can change swings in the middle of a swing. I mean, it's schizophrenic. Or I'm saying, I'm going to start with this swing today. I'm going to use this swing all day at work on the last two holes, the last time I play, and I'm going to use this swing today, and I promise I can't remember it on hole three. If we're not careful, we'll not only suffer temporary loss, listen to me, but you can, you'll suffer temp, uh, permanent damage. Those dark thoughts lead us to a place of eternal death. We need to know this. When a man is solely or fleshly, the Bible calls it, not only is he under the rule of the soul, but his soul and body are actually joined together. And that soul will be directed by the flesh to commit the vilest sins. I'm like, how in the world can somebody do that? The guy that went and did all those shootings this week, I'm like, you know, I mean, this ain't right either, but if you're going to kill a bunch of people, just can't it be somebody you know? Maybe somebody you're mad at? That guy just goes in there and starts killing. Why? Because the body of sin is full of cravings and lust. It was created out of the dirt, the dust of the earth. Its inclinations and motives are all earthly. And since the serpent's poison has entered into his body, its legitimate desires that it had now have become lust. And since the soul once obeyed the body to rebel against God's demands, it has to continue its obedience to the body. So now the addiction that the soul has is to the addictions of the body. It's addicted to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And the lust of the body will express themselves in all kinds of forms of sin. And when the body becomes the authority, it gets so great it causes the soul to become powerless, powerless to withstand it and only be its obedient slave. Why in the world did you do that? You're out of your mind. You are out of your mind because now your flesh it's ruling you, and it now has authority over your mind. Your will. You have no will anymore because your flesh is now ruling. It's a bad thing, man. 
There's three parts to a man. I don't like to say he's a triune being because that people say, well, that means we're made after a triune God, which isn't true. That temple illustration I gave you in the part one will help you. After man became soulish, the spirit was suppressed and it became a servant to the soul. After man became carnal, the flesh that occupied the lowest place that should be give honor and glory and under submission to the will of the most preeminent part of you, which is the Spirit, which is joined and submitted to the Holy Spirit's power. Now, what should have been in the lowest place has now become king, or can we say it this way, the Lord of your life. We went from spirit ruled to soul ruled, and then from soul ruled to what? Body ruled, flesh ruled. Step by step, we became fallen, and now the flesh is in control. What a pity that is for us. It is ugly, it is stupid, it is nasty, it is death. Sin has killed the spirit. And spiritual death has become to all men, that all men die in sins and transgressions. That's what happened in the garden. So my question is still this for me. Okay, what does that, what does that mean when I sin? It means this. If you don't confess that sin and know that he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from that sin, you're going to go down the same road back to where you came from. And the Bible says, even worse. The Bible says it's better that you ever, never even started. Now my soul, man, he's independent. He's independent. That's why mockers are caused division. What does that mean? Division between you and God and you and the ecclesia. I don't need ecclesia. What are you talking about ecclesia? We don't need that. I don't believe in that. Yes, sir. You're a soul man. Da, 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 da. You should have sang that this morning. You got your Blues Brothers cap on. I just don't believe that, John. Okay. I think you consider what I'm saying today. Independent, selfish life. Don't even have a shield. Maybe got a helmet. Sword, maybe. So now sin has empowered our body. So that sinful nature is now reigning in these mortal bodies. Turn that off. Mike, you made it. Man, I, I, I'm pretty quick today, right?